Welcome to the Lose Weight, Live Life podcast. If you're someone who would do anything to lose weight, yet finds it impossible to stick to a diet, to eat less, or just what you think you should, this podcast is for you. I am your host, certified life and weight mindset coach, Claire McKenzie. Listen in to learn how to stop overeating, lose weight for the last time, and create a relationship with food and yourself that you love, all without diet deprivation and self-sabotage. Hi everyone and a very warm welcome to podcast episode number 115, Healthy Eating. Before we get started exploring all things healthy eating, I would like to let you know that you're invited to attend an online class on Tuesday, the 24th of January at 7pm GMT. The class is called Ditch the Diet and Lose Weight Anyway. I often say that losing weight is not about the diet. And to tell you one of the reasons why diets don't work is because they don't address the reasons we eat. They don't address the reasons why it's difficult for you to change your relationship with food. And I suggest instead of focusing on a diet to help you to lose weight, that you focus on yourself and learn about your relationship with food. And when I talk about your relationship with food, I mean that you focus on why you eat the way that you do. And I suggest that you do that by understanding what's going on when it comes to food and eating in your body and your brain. And I suggest you seek to understand what's happening in your relationship with food in your mind and with your emotions. And I suggest you explore how your relationship with yourself and your life, so how you think about yourself and how you think about your life, impacts how you eat. So that's six areas. We've got your body, your brain, your mind, your emotions, yourself and your life. And these are what you learn more about inside of the Lose Weight Live Life Academy, along with strategies to help you in each of those areas. Well, the upcoming webinar, we're focusing on the first of those, which is your body. So if you're curious, come join us for this live online class where we're going to be covering how to be less hungry when you're losing weight, how to create the right balance of eating for pleasure and comfort that works for you, why you're the best person to figure out how to manage your weight for life and why you won't find your solution for weight loss in any one diet or book or program, how to use eating patterns that hinder your weight loss as the key to unlocking permanent weight loss success is the last thing we're going to look at in this class. So to register and get your personal Zoom link, go to www.thebestyou.coach forward slash DTDreg. So DTD as in ditch the diet and then Reg, R-E-G as in registration and that's all one word. So www.thebestyou.coach forward slash DTDreg. And everyone who registers will get a Ditch the Diet workbook ahead of the training, access to the replay that you can watch in your own time, and a special bonus offer when you attend live. I can't wait to see you there. All the information and the registration form is at www.thebestyou.coach forward slash DTDreg. So in the meantime, let's get on with today's podcast episode, Healthy Eating. So most of us probably have an idea of what healthy eating is and at the same time one person's interpretation of healthy eating could be and is likely to be very different to another person's. I did google healthy eating definitions and they varied wildly and even I was surprised at the extent to which the focus was on eating in a way that enabled you to be a healthy weight. For example the NHS definition is eating a wide variety of foods in the right proportions 
and consuming the right amount of food and drink to achieve and maintain a healthy body weight, which says nothing about eating the micro and micronutrients that your body needs to thrive. So there are many people who have a BMI in the healthy weight range that are not giving their body the nourishment and nutrients that their body needs in order to be healthy. And so I prefer the Wikipedia definition, which is a healthy diet is a diet that maintains or improves overall health. A healthy diet provides the body with essential nutrition, fluid, macronutrients, such as protein and micronutrients, such as vitamins and adequate fiber and food energy. And what I think is important when we're thinking about healthy eating is that we put as much emphasis, if not more emphasis, on choosing what to eat or add into our diet than we do about what to take away. If you want to transition into the latter stages of your life or the middle stages of your life, depending on how old you are, being healthy and well, choosing to eat healthily will massively improve your chances. Given everything we know about a healthy diet reduces your risk of heart disease, cancer, diabetes and dementia and many, many other lifestyle type diseases. So today I want to talk to you about your approach to healthy eating. Let me start by sharing that the way in which I ate through my 30s and early 40s, I didn't consider unhealthy. I probably cooked meals from scratch four nights a week and ate ready meals maybe twice a week and then maybe ate out or had a takeaway once a week. And writing that statement now, I realised that whilst that felt like the truth to me, I thought I was eating healthily. I was eating in such a way that the foods I chose resulted in me becoming morbidly obese. Okay, so really had crooked thinking about that, didn't I? Even now, I can see that I was telling myself I ate a healthy diet and that I just added in too many unhealthy snacks. So I'm not sure if I was deluding myself, but it's interesting to me to look back on that now and think that I had a healthy diet, even though I was morbidly obese. What I didn't know then is that changing how I ate would result in me not only losing weight, but also in having more energy, far less aches and pains, and also improved asthma. And whilst losing the weight contributed to those improvements, what I now know is that it wasn't just the weight, changing how I ate in the short term before I lost the weight, either immediately or at least within the period of a week or two, led to massive improvements in my health, how I felt in terms of energy levels, achiness, asthma on the day to day. And I know now because if I ate for a week today, if I ate how I ate today, how I ate back then, I would immediately start to feel achy, fatigued, and my asthma will worsen. And this is why I want you to consider what's healthy and what's not about how you're currently eating. And hugely important is that this consideration and evaluation comes from a place of self-love and is about self-care, taking care of you because you're worth it. You must not judge yourself for how you're eating. If you're feeling self-judgment or guilt or shame, it's more important for your long-term well-being that you address all of that, that feelings, the self-judgment, the guilt or the shame, and let that go than it is instantly changing what you're eating. Because when you do change how you're feeling about how you eat and when you show up for yourself and make your food choices from a place of self-love and self-appreciation and not from the place of what you're telling yourself you should eat, it becomes so much easier and more sustainable and you're setting yourself up for long-term permanent success. 
Okay, so what I want to do then is to consider a bit more, going a little bit deeper into healthy eating. Let's start with considering processed foods. On the British Heart Foundation's website, there are some good definitions of different types of processed food based on the NOVA, that's N-O-V-A, food classification system. And I will link to both the Heart Foundation webpage and the study in the show notes for this episode. The NOVA systems separate food into four categories based on how much they have been processed during their production. So we have category one, which is unprocessed or minimally processed food, category two, which is processed culinary ingredients. Then we have a category for processed foods and a category for ultra processed foods. So examples of those are unprocessed or minimally processed fruit, vegetables, eggs, meat, and grains. Processed culinary ingredients might be sugar, salt, butter, lard, oils, and vinegar. Processed foods might be unpackaged bread, tinned fruit and vegetables, salted nuts, ham, bacon, tuna, cheese, all of those things. And then ultra processed would be foods such as ice cream, ham, sausages, crisps. Um, I'm thinking of like, you know, real like ready meals, like ready-made lasagna that you put in the microwave. Could also be flavoured yogurts, instant soups, some alcoholic drinks as well biscuits, cakes, all of those things are all ultra processed. And also on the Heart Foundation page, you will find references to two research studies. And one of those studies found that people in the group eating the most ultra processed foods were 62% more likely to have died after an average of 10.4 years than people in the low processed food, ultra processed food consumption group. Now, these are very observational studies, so they don't prove any link between eating ultra processed food and dying earlier, but we can we can make some deductions and assumptions here. So I just think that's useful to think about and be aware of. But start with being curious then about the balance of different levels of processed foods in your meals. Remember, this is not about judging yourself or making yourself wrong. It's about paying attention and being curious and asking yourself if you want to make changes and liking your reasons why, such as you care about you, not because you think you should be better in some way. Anytime you notice that should word creeping in, I encourage you to stop, remind yourself you get to choose and ask yourself what you want. Also, I would love you to consider not only the long-term impact that these foods have on your health and life expectancy in the long-term, but also as I shared earlier, as they did for me, the impact that they're having right here today on your health and the impact they're having on making it more difficult for you to eat in a way that leads you to lose or to manage your weight. Ultra processed foods create far more desire for food than unprocessed foods. The next area I want to talk about is foods with added sugars and refined carbohydrates. So actually just a quick aside before I talk about that, often members join the academy suggesting that they just want to eat like a normal person. And I noticed their view of what a normal person eats like includes a high proportion of processed and ultra processed foods. And I don't think that thinking like that, as in thinking about eating those foods as being normal, is in any way helpful. Being normal to eat a high proportion of processed and ultra processed food has led to the obesity crisis we face in the UK and in many other parts of the world. So being normal does not make it a good thing. And I suggest you think about that and also remind yourself at one point in time, not so many decades ago, it was considered normal to smoke. So please don't strive to be normal is what I encourage you to think about. 
Instead, please strive to want to take care of yourself. Okay, so foods with added sugars and refined carbohydrates. Like other processed foods, it's not just about the long-term impact, it's about the immediate impact too. A diet high in foods with added sugars and refined carbohydrates will make it difficult for you to lose weight, and that has nothing to do with calories, okay? It's to do with hormonal balance. Foods with added sugars and refined carbohydrates require your body to produce more insulin to clear your blood of glucose. The more insulin you have in your blood, the hungrier you will feel because your body can't access your onboard energy stores, also known as your body fat. Next, I'm just gonna to touch on a few different areas quickly. Next, I want to talk about fat. Fat has had a poor press and has been seen as the enemy for decades. A fear of fat has led to the low-fat diet movement that contributed to higher proportions of the population in developed countries becoming overweight or obese. Okay, Since we started that low-fat diet movement, more and more people have become overweight or obese. And of course, I'm massively simplifying the situation, but fat is not in and of itself bad. And in actual fact, fat is necessary. We need to get some of our nutritional requirements from fat. Okay, and of course, like all things, there are different fats and they impact your body differently. So if you naturally avoid all fats because of that sort of, you know, indoctrinated within you because of the sort of your diet history and experiences and maybe diets that you've done over the past few decades, suggesting that you eliminated fat from your diet. I want you to take a moment to reevaluate. Do a quick Google on healthy fats and discover the nutritional benefits of eating fats that help lower your cholesterol and reduce your risk of heart disease. Fats like those found in olive oil, avocado, oily fish, nuts and seeds. So and what next? What about protein? When it comes to protein, I would like to suggest you want to eat the right amount for your body's requirements. Too much protein can be as unhealthy as having too little protein. By the way, when I'm talking about protein, we, um, we've got the animal proteins. So we've got, you know, meat, fish, poultry, eggs, and to a certain extent, some dairy products as well. And then we've also got vegetable proteins, which might look like nuts, seeds, grains, and legumes. Proteins found in vegetables as well in much smaller quantities. So protein is important because your body can't make all of its protein requirements. Some amino acids, which are small molecules of protein that are essential, essential for your body's cellular processes, can only be got from food. And whilst generally animal protein, as I said, meat, fish, poultry, dairy and eggs contain these essential amino acids, you're likely getting enough protein if you're eating animal protein. If you're a vegetarian or a vegan, you will want to pay more attention to your protein sources and just ensure you're eating a really wide variety of nuts, seeds, grains and legumes to ensure you get all of your amino acids. And talking about variety, I, I just want to sort of say a word. So Tim Spector, the award-winning scientist and author associated with Zoe, who has got over a thousand articles published in some of the world's top scientific journals, has shown the link between eating a variety of foods and gut health and warding off disease. And he recommends everyone eats 30, that's the 30, 30 different plant varieties every single week. And I will drop a link to further information about this in the show notes. Okay, hydration. The importance of staying hydrated should also not be forgotten or missed here when we're considering healthy eating. When your body is not correctly hydrated, it is put under stress. And if you're wanting to lose weight, staying hydrated will make a significant difference to your body's ability to shift the pounds. 
Being correctly hydrated will ward off headaches, help you feel more energized, help alleviate a sluggish digestion and improve how your skin looks. But please note that if your heart is not healthy, if you're being investigated for heart disease, don't drink water in excess. Consider and ask about and get advice on the right amount of water for you to be drinking because too much water puts pressure on your heart to work harder. Fibre. Fibre in our diet is important because it can help, again, lower your risk of heart disease, diabetes and some types of cancer. A high fibre diet has also been shown to help with weight loss too. Fibre-rich foods include fruit, vegetables, whole grains, peas, beans and lentils. What I've shared here relates to the general documented guidance on healthy eating. So everything that I've just gone through, looking at the different areas from fats and proteins and fibre, is the general documented guidance on healthy eating. But what we are becoming increasingly aware of is that what is a healthy diet for one person is different to what is a healthy diet to another person. What is a healthy diet for you? When I say diet, I'm just referring to a way of eating. What is a healthy way for you to be eating is unique to you. Your body's ability to cope with processed food is unique to you. Your body may be better able to cope with foods containing refined carbs and added sugars than someone's out, some, another person's body of the same age and sex. And similarly, your body's ability to handle fat is unique to you. This is why it's important to learn to listen to your body and start to notice how different foods feel in your body in the hours after which you eat them. Last year, I took part in the Zoe study, the personalized nutrition program, and it's actually the world's largest nutrition science study, and I would really recommend that. The Zoe program message is that if you always thought your body was different, you're, you're right, you're right. Okay, and a Zoe science study showed that everybody's response to food is unique. And they studied this through looking at how identical twins' bodies responded to the different foods that they ate. And they showed that your metabolism is not fully defined by your genes. So even identical twins, how they metabolize food is different. One, one, one is, you know, is different to the other. So if you always thought your body was different, you are right. Your body is unique and so is the food that your body's body needs. Okay. And Zoe's predict studies demonstrated that there is up to a tenfold variation in responses to the same meal for different people. And I find this absolutely fascinating. And what I learned from Zoe when I did my um, own sort of tests is that my body was better equipped to deal with fat in my blood compared to the average person than it was glucose. And this was actually exactly the result that I expected after the years of paying much more attention to how different foods felt in my body from you know when I was going through my weight loss journey and also since then where I continue to learn to pay more and more attention to how different foods feel in my body. And so I might share more of those results another time, but for now, I want you to just focus on a couple of things, a couple of sort of takeaways from you here. I want you to consider the balance of unprocessed or minimally processed foods, processed culinary ingredients, processed foods, and ultra-processed foods based on those categories I shared with you earlier that you're eating. But I want you to do this in such a way that you are, you have fun with it, get a little bit scientific with it, decide to be curious and fascinated and interested. However you're currently eating, even if you suspect it's not that healthy, don't make it wrong that you're eating that way. This is not about being right or being wrong or being good or being bad. So I want you to take this opportunity to explore and consider the different proportions of foods that you're eating, 
But I want you to do that in a way that feels good to you. Ask yourself, check in with yourself how the idea of doing that feels. If it doesn't feel good, don't do it, okay? But if you think, well, how how do I want to feel about that? Do I want to feel curious? Do I want to feel interested? What might I be thinking in order to feel that way? And then move forward from that place. This is about you taking ownership and considering whether you like the balance you have and whether you like your reasons for eating the way that you do. And as I said, this is nothing to do with being a better person. Your worthiness or morality is not impacted by what you eat. This is you taking responsibility for treating your body like the prized possession it is. The eating patterns that we adhere to currently have been created by everything that has gone on in our lives up until the point, this point where we are. They have been molded, if you like, from how we ate in our family environment when we were little, how we were brought up, our school environment, our work environments, and also how we've been impacted by the diet, the food and the advertising industries. How we have been taught to handle our emotions as we've we've gone through life will also impact how you eat. If you have handled different life traumas, if you've used food as a coping strategy for trauma that you may have experienced in your life, whether that's what we call big trauma or little trauma, then it's useful for you to know that that will be impacting how you're eating still today. And no matter how you're eating, allow it to be okay as you lovingly explore what changes you want to make and then make those changes in a way that feels easy and achievable. So that's the first thing I want you to consider is the balance between different types of processed and unprocessed foods. And then the second thing I want you to do as a result of listening to this podcast is to pay attention to your experience foods that you are currently eating or the foods that you made, you know, the changes that you make going forward. Pay attention to how different foods feel in your body within the first two hours of eating them and also beyond that as well. How do you feel when you wake up the next day? Notice the differences of how you feel the next morning based on what you had to eat the night before. Now, the ease or difficulty of doing this will will be different depending on how you're eating. If you're grazing lots of different types of foods all day long, it's going to feel really difficult. It's going to be difficult to figure out what foods to leave what foods leave you feeling energized and which leave you feeling maybe hungry or low on energy a short while after eating them. I just want you to be aware of this because you may want to think about simplifying how you're eating before you can start to really pay attention and feel like you're getting to know how your body feels in the response to the different foods you're eating. What often happens is that my clients and members of the academy tell me they don't know what to eat. So they, we talk about this, they sort of rec- sort of see that they may want to make some changes, but they feel stuck in knowing what changes to make. Sometimes it's like we have a total blank and our brain will say, well, it's impossible to find a meal that I can have that will be ready in eight minutes if it's not out of a packet and I'm just sort of shoving it in the microwave. And that's not true. It feels like the truth, but it's not true. Think about how long it takes to make an omelette. You can even fry very thin slivers of meat for a vegetable stir fry in eight minutes. Your brain, remember that your brain will naturally shy away from making changes because it might take a little bit more effort to think of ideas and solutions in the short term. So if it feels like it's sort of too much effort to look at this, just know that's your brain trying to protect you, wanting to stick with your status quo because that's what your brain likes to do. But if you want to, do sort of like manage yourself through that because the long-term impact will make it very worthwhile. All right, I think I can leave it there for today. 
If you would like to join us for the online class that is taking place next week, remember it's called Ditch the Diet and Lose Weight Anyway, and we are focusing on the part of changing your relationship with food that is very much looking at what's going on in your body. It's on Tuesday the 24th of January at 7pm UK time. Go to www.thebestyou.coach forward slash DTD reg to find out more details and to register so that you get the workbook before the class and all of those great things. All right. Thank you so much for listening today. And I look forward to talking to you next week. Take care, everyone. Bye bye. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast and are ready to live a more intentional life, lose weight as a part of that journey and create a relationship with food and yourself that you love, then I would be honored to have you join the Lose Weight Live Life Academy membership and coach with me. The program offers different levels of support to suit you, including self-paced learning, twice-weekly calls, private coaching, an amazingly caring community, and lots more. Find out all the details about when and how you can join at www.thebestyou.coach forward slash coaching.